Good morning, everyone. Back from Thanksgiving. We're glad to see you. I hope that you enjoyed a good time with family. Hopefully you expressed some moderation in your eating. I admit I did not. My daughter fixed ribs for for uh, Thanksgiving, and they were so good that I ate them for three days in a row. I was not moderate at all. The first night, I think I had a pound of meat. That's a lot of meat, folks. But boy, it was good. So I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I am thankful to see all of you here today. And, uh, and I am here to share with you just a taste. So we do begin tonight with, again, another viewing of two episodes of The Chosen. Uh, one is a little shorter, so this is the two. In fact, this viewing and then next week. So we have two back-to-back -back because of Christmas season and trying to give you time to travel, be with family, etc. We will have small groups this week and next week back-to-back. Everybody wave at me and say back to back. Okay. Every time we hit December, we have to accommodate a little bit because Christmas time and all of those kinds of things, they mess with our schedules, don't they? So thank you for understanding that. And uh, we will do back to back, which means that tonight at six o'clock we'll view. And then next Sunday night at six o'clock, we will also uh, view the chosen. And it'll be exciting because we'll end with actually an episode that is how the chosen began, but it's actually one that's about the shepherds. It's the Christmas story. And so that'll be fun to do around Christmas time. If you'll give me my uh, text, AV. John chapter three, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. He's gone on past the point where he's speaking explicitly to him and is speaking more. And he says, in the same way that Moses lifted the serpent in the desert, so people could have something to see and then believe. It is necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up. And everyone who looks up to him, trusting and expectant, will gain a real life, eternal life. Now, tonight, and if you've already watched ahead, then you'll recognize this. But tonight in our second episode called Invitations, you will find that we have, and you can go ahead and put up my uh, uh, title slide there. Thank you. Um, you will find that the, the episode begins with kind of a flashback of, a, of quite a while, a flashback to a man standing in a tent beating on uh, a piece of metal as it's in the fire. And as you watch and as you, as you follow the episode forward, you'll see it being formed in the form of a serpent, a snake. And what this is is a flashback to the story in the Old Testament in which the people of God did not believe God. And as a result of not believing God, he sent poisonous serpents among them, and they began to die by the hundreds as these serpents would uh, strike them and, and with their venom would kill them. And then God gave instructions to Moses to form a serpent, put it on a pole, and then he instructed the people. He said, if they will go and look at the serpent, I will heal them. Now, I want you to be very, very clear about this. The serpent did not have healing power. 
But the people had to obey what God had instructed them to do. And so in The Chosen, in this little flashback that's very short, it's the start of the second episode that we're going to look at tonight, entitled Invitations, you find Moses there beating this, this serpent out, forming this serpent, and Joshua has come in. And Joshua is having trouble. Joshua, of course, if you remember, is Moses' servant. He's the one who is assisting Moses and, in fact, ultimately succeeds Moses. And, and Joshua is just having a problem. He says, Moses, why are you hiding in this tent? Now, I don't know that Moses was hiding in the tent, but that's the way the chosen's chosen to portray it. Why are you hiding in this tent? And Moses says, well, give me an update. And 300 more have died, and many, many more are sick. And, and uh, where do we bury them? And Joshua has all of these questions to ask, and, and he's, he's incensed by this serpent that Moses is forming, and he's, he's just having a problem. And in the midst of this interaction, Moses makes this statement. Now, this is not scriptural. He says, I've learned to do what he says without questioning. That's a powerful statement. I think I could find a few scriptures to back it up. I've learned to do what he says without questioning. Now, that sets it up that Joshua still is having trouble. So Joshua says to him, he says, help me understand. None of this makes any sense. Anybody ever felt like that when you're serving God? Anybody had a moment where you're like, God, help me out here. I don't understand what you're doing. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> and Moses responds to Joshua with another powerful statement. He says, Joshua, it is an act of faith, not reason. It is an act of faith, not reason. So today, I'd like to challenge you with just a couple of examples to, to bring it home to us. It doesn't make sense. That's Joshua's sentiment. It doesn't make sense. Help me understand. It doesn't make sense that repentance and water baptism in the name of Jesus forgives your sins. That does not make sense. But it is an act of faith, not reason. It doesn't make sense that God will actually live inside of us and prove it to us by our speaking in tongues as he gives us the ability to do so. That doesn't make any sense. Even to this day, I hear myself, I am an educated man, a highly educated man. I understand about speaking different languages out of my mind, but speaking something I do not understand under the power of somebody else, that doesn't make sense. It is an act of faith, not reason. It doesn't make sense that by following the leading of God's Spirit and by following the directions of His Word in specific actions and acts of obedience, we will become holy as He is holy. That doesn't make sense. 
How does the act of obedience in this little thing here, this little thing there, how does that make me holy? I know how sinful I am. Anybody in here willing to wave a hand at me and go, yeah, I know how sinful I am? How do those acts make me holy? It doesn't make sense. It is an act of faith, not reason. Let me give you one more, just for fun. We're coming into our Christmas season where we're going to have a Christmas giving service. In fact, it's coming up in a couple of weeks, and all of the money that we give to that is going to go into world missions. We're a big missions church. You see that on the back wall? See all those, those plaques? That All of that represents about $8,000 a month that we send. $8,000 a month, not a year. $8,000 a month that we send to missionaries around the world. We believe in missions. Can I break some news to you? If you don't give to the local church also, there's no giving to missions. Because we exist. We function here and then from it, we give. So let's, let's deal with it. This doesn't make sense either. It doesn't make sense that by giving to God a tenth of our increase, and then generously sharing in offerings both to the local church and to missions, it doesn't make sense that by doing that, we will have more, not less. How is eight greater than 10? I just pick eight because, you know, when you throw in offerings, when you throw in missions, when you throw in tithes, it's, I don't know, somewhere between 15, 20%. That's, that's usually what ends up happening. When you sit down and you look at your budget, you'll find yourself somewhere in that range if you give in tithes and offerings and missions. I was taught 10 was greater than eight. Anybody else taught that 10 was greater than eight? I was not taught eight was greater than 10. It doesn't make sense. It is an act of faith, not reason. So today, we, we here at Newark UPC, like Moses and like Jesus, extend invitations to each of you. We extend invitations to each of you. We invite you to worship with us. And by the way, you're here today, so welcome. We're glad you're worshiping with us. We invite you to learn with us. This is why we gather in small groups. This is why we take classes. This is a learning church because I don't know how to be a disciple unless I come unto him and I let him teach me. We invite you to learn with us. We invite you to serve with us. We invite you to play with us. Jesus has a sense of humor. He likes to have fun. We're allowed to have fun together and enjoy community together. We invite you. We invite you to both be made a disciple and make disciples. So I close with this this morning. Will you learn to do what he says without questioning? Will you learn? You're not going to do it overnight, but will you learn? Will you engage in a process of learning? As Moses said, I've learned to do what he says without questioning. Will you learn to do what he says without questioning? Second question, will you accept our invitations even when they don't make sense? Why do I got to serve? Or what are you talking about play? Or what do you mean I got to learn? What's this a big deal about worship? Will you accept our invitations as acts of faith? 
not reason. And that, my brothers and sisters, is just a taste. We're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to have a good time next week. Back to back. Everybody look at your neighbor and say back to back. We're going to have a great time together. God bless you.